welcome or welcome back to the Test Talks and Sometimes Listens podcast. For me personally, it is welcome back because this is my fourth take. (laughs) So this time I am going to make myself a promise that I'm going to record a full episode. And if I don't like it and I don't want to share it, I don't have to, but I'm going to stop stopping myself a couple minutes in deleting and redoing. That being said, (laughs) today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, It instead of the test talks and sometimes listens podcast, we're going to have the first episode of the test talks and doesn't listen (laughs) podcast because I am alone. The intention of this podcast originally was to invite a different one of my friends on every episode and highlight someone because I truly feel that I know so many incredible, wise, loving people who who deserve some attention, <laughs> um, who deserve to be highlighted, who deserve to be celebrated, and uh, that's why I wanted to create a podcast in the first place. And I had no intention whatsoever of ever sitting down and recording an episode by myself. And that is what I'm going to do today. So welcome. Thank you for being here with me. I am alone in my apartment, sitting around my kitchen table. I got a candle lit. I got a tissue box here, <laughs> water bottle, journal, uh, recording equipment. I am, I am set up to do this externally. <laughs> and internally, I am freaking out. <laughs> um... I have had a really, really hard past few weeks, I guess, now. Um, It feels like it's okay to be in a funk for a couple of days. I'm good at being patient with myself and giving myself some space and grace to, to be in a funk for a couple of days. And when it extends too long, I just start getting mad about the fact that it's gone on too long. And then I, I... in harder on myself about it and it just kind of ends up being this negative spiral and I feel I feel like that's where I've been at for the past couple of months. Um I am incredibly stressed out and I am tackling tackling that a bit every day and it is getting better but I would be lying if I said that it if there hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there's like a solid end in sight soon. Um, nothing incredibly horrible has happened over the past couple of months. Uh, I I do have a specific day coming up that I have been worried about now for quite some time, and that is my birthday. My birthday is next month. Um, my birthday is on April 20th, and... I have always been a huge, huge birthday person. I love my birthday. I stretch on the events for a week. I take time off of work. I, you know, have different, different plans with different people. And I I make a big deal out of my birthday every year. I love my birthday. Last year was the first, first year that I didn't make such a big deal out of it because it was still new, new quarantine, new lockdown, new COVID pandemic life. Uh, we weren't very far into that last April, and I didn't do much for my birthday. I 
remember I got up super early to go turkey hunting with my dad um, on my birthday last year. So I, t- I turned 25 in a, in a turkey blind, which <laughs> just seems like the most random and bizarre thing that I could do. Um, and I mean, I, I don't want to go on a side tangent about hunting. Uh, maybe we'll circle back to it. I'm going to make a note if hunting comes up again to uh, share some of my thoughts on that because I I get self-conscious even telling people that I'm a hunter for several reasons but I also think that it's an important conversation to start having with people um but I digress I turned 25 in a turkey blind last year and then I went to my favorite Mexican restaurant and then my mom put a candle in my enchilada And that was my birthday last year. So uh, this year I was hoping that, of course, I think we were all hoping that COVID would be over and I could have a proper birthday party with my friends. Uh, and that that is what I had decided that I wanted to do back in December, November. I started planning my birthday that far in advance, <laughs> just thinking about it anyway. Uh, and I and I decided I wanted to have a party. Recently, though, I have realized that that wouldn't have happened whether or not we were still in the middle of a pandemic, which we unfortunately are. Um, it couldn't have happened either way because I would have been way too stressed out to have planned and figured out and executed a birthday party. And that is because this birthday has been incredibly stressful for for two reasons. The first of which is that I am turning 26 this year, and that is the year where you get kicked off of your parents' health insurance. (laughs) And uh, it's not really something I had thought about. I knew it was creeping up, but it's just not something I had thought about. I have... I come from a privileged enough background where I've spent my whole life just knowing that I have health insurance and not worrying about it. You know, I've, I've had other other friends wanting to talk to me about, like, healthcare policy in this country, and I've just never been educated enough about that subject to participate in a conversation like that. Uh, and that's because I've just been blissfully naive, like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that because I have insurance, and, all you know, I'm not going to turn 26 forever. That's still, that's still three years away. That's still two years away. That's still a whole year away. Well, now (laughs) it's like three weeks away. So I have been making every doctor's appointment that I can possibly make uh, over the past couple of months while I still have health insurance. So, you know, I've gone to the dentist and I've gotten like blood work done and I've, I got my eyes checked, which is funny because I don't have any problems with my vision. I've always had good, healthy vision, and I've never needed glasses. And uh, the doctor was like, why are you here? And I was like, because I need to do everything that I can do before my birthday. Um, So that's been going on. Uh, All of the doctor's appointments and the stress that accompanies them have been taking up a, a big part of my free time over the last couple of months. 
And in addition to that, and this is just coincidence, and I knew this when I moved in here and signed the paperwork, but just never, never took the time to think about how hard that would be. Uh, my birthday is the last day of my current lease. <laughs> my lease ends on my birthday, and as is the case when every lease in America ends, the rent gets raised for the next one. Now, this is actually the first time that I am going to stay in an apartment after my lease ends. I, I moved, when I moved in here, it was my ninth move in three and a half years. <laughs> I moved so many times. Um, so many times. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I did a lot of moving. I, I guess I'm just going to recount them for you. Um, not that you asked. I moved out of my parents' house to move to Las Vegas when I was 21. Um, so I moved to Las Vegas and I, I stayed in a temporary place with a friend for six weeks uh, and before I got my own place. So then I moved into my own place. That's two. I was there for a year and then I moved into a house with roommates. Uh, I was only there for a minute, a uh, few months, and then I moved in with my ex-boyfriend. Uh, right shortly after I moved in with my ex-boyfriend, the landlord, his landlord wanted to sell the condo we were living in, so we had to move again, and then we lived in a different condo for a year, and then we, we moved back to Colorado, which was a mistake, but that is a story for another podcast. And then six weeks after moving to Colorado with my ex, we broke up, so I had to break the lease and move back in with my parents because that was a very unexpected situation. So I was back in with my parents for a short amount of time, uh, and then I moved into the apartment that I'm in now in January of 2020. And now I've been counting on my fingers. That looks like eight. That's eight times. Okay, so I moved eight times between... Uh, October of 2016 and January of 2020. So eight times in three and a half years. Uh, it was a lot of moving. <laughs> and I have never stayed in a place past the lease. Uh, I've lived out of few leases, but I've never renewed a lease. I've never stayed until now. I love my apartment. I am really excited to be here. Uh, this was a great situation for me. Uh, and I, I moved in here with my incredible friend, Zach, who, if you haven't listened to his podcast episode, he is episode two of Test Talks and Sometimes Listens. Uh, and Zach and I have been living together for the whole 15-month lease that we signed. And the last day of the lease is April 20th, my birthday, and he has decided to move out. Uh, we talk about this in his podcast episode a little bit. Zach is on a, on a bigger cooler, larger goal path right now to head down to Guatemala to live there for a couple of years. Uh, so for financial reasons, he is he's moving out to save up and then head down to Central America. So it's obviously an incredible thing that I want him to do, and he knows that that's how I feel about it. But he also knows, if you're listening, Zach, that, <laughs> that I love having him as a roommate and it is a tragic loss <laughs> to have to find someone else. So um, 
So the past two months, Zach told me about two months ago that he was planning on moving out at the end of the lease, and I decided that I wanted to stay, so I've been on the roommate hunt, um, posting ads and having phone interviews and talking to people and uh, working on, on rectifying that situation. So all of my free time has been spent making and going to doctor's appointments and trying to find a new roommate. <laughs> um it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And I, as of yesterday, have found a new roommate. <laughs> and that is so nice. Um, and then I woke up this morning and just knew that it was time to sit down and talk about this and record a podcast because I still feel like shit. <laughs> I had myself convinced that the biggest, baddest reason for my funk was that I didn't know who I was going to be living with and I was stressed about the possibility of financially supporting the apartment on my own for a little while while I extended my search and um, navigating that choppy water seemed like the hardest part. And then as of yesterday, I have officially f- fixed that situation Um And I'm incredibly excited about the person that I found, and I think it's going to be a great fit. And uh, I have no no hard feelings about that part of it. I was just assuming that once this got solved, I would feel great. (laughs) I really had convinced myself that finding a new roommate was the thing that was bothering me. And once that happened, everything else was going to be great. And then I woke up this morning, which is a stretch to even say because I did not sleep last night, but I willed myself out of bed and into the shower this morning thinking that today was going to be the first day post-funk because I have a roommate and that was the thing I was worried about the most and I can move forward and life will get easier. And I don't feel that way. I think that when it rains, it pours, and a lot of stuff can happen at once. And when you have 800 things to do and you get four of them done, I don't feel good about the four that I did. I'm just worried about the 796 left to go. I think that's that's been my MO lately, which... I'm also disappointed by because that's not normally like me. I um, am a really positive person and a really optimistic person. And I've always been that way. And this is, I just don't, I don't like feeling negative about the world. And I have, I think it's, it's an internal thing and it's an external thing. I feel extremely negative about the world right now. I have been really hard on myself and I've been really stressed out and I've been trying to handle things, but it's just this negative spiral of like, well, but you still haven't done enough. And so I've had like my own, you know, internal battles going on that I've spent the last 10, 15 minutes talking about now. Uh, And partnering that with the external battles of... (laughs) Hi, buddy. Um... I lied. I do have a guest on this episode. It's my cat. Um, The external battles 
going on are way bigger, badder, more horrible and horrific, um, and seemingly unmanageable. So maybe I've just kind of retreated into myself and in the past when the world gets like a hard place to be in, I can retreat into myself and it's like a happy, nice place to go. Um, but it's hard when they're both out of whack. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not totally sure that I've experienced this before where the internal and the external are both out of whack. And, you know, uh, of course I'm talking about many things when I say the external storms are getting heavy, uh, many things, uh, primarily, primarily the fact that 10 people in Boulder, Colorado got shot and killed in a King Supers in the middle of a Monday, um, in the, in the middle of Monday last week. And that is, (sighs) it's horrific. I don't know what, I don't, I don't even know how to talk about this. Um, it's the third time I, uh, I'm just going to approach it from a personal, personal perspective, uh, cause it feels way too hard and heavy to talk about from a societal perspective. Um, but I can say through my own perception of the world and my own experience that it is the third time in my life that I have been in close proximity to a deadly shooting. Um, The first time was back in 2012 when I went to uh, the Batman movie premiere, the Midnight Movie. That was back when Midnight Movies were a thing uh, with some friends and we didn't know until the next morning that, uh, you know, in a different part of our state, but uh, in a different part of our state, in a different town, at the same premiere, uh, there was a there was a mass shooting and 12 people died. So, you know, I had people texting and calling me that next morning and checking on me, making sure I was okay. And I, I didn't even know um, what they were talking about. And that was the, that was the first time. So I was not definitely not in that theater, but I was at that premiere in a different theater, uh, and had to reassure to everyone that I knew that I was okay and I was alive. And then, uh, in 2000, 2017, there was the worst mass shooting in history was, um, a man opened firing from his hotel room into the crowd of a country music concert at the Mandalay Bay Hotel uh, in Las Vegas. And um, the the day of that shooting was the one-year anniversary of me living in Las Vegas after I had moved there. And it just um, felt horrible to be to exist in that city at that time. And and there's just so much collective trauma and pain um, in the days that followed that, where almost 60 people died and and hundreds more were injured. I I think it was, there was like 400 and, oh gosh, I'm not going to quote the numbers right, but it was somewhere in the 400s of 
of injuries by gunfire and then like almost a total of a thousand injuries from that evening and the commotion and everything. So uh, it was a completely horrible thing where, you know, that affected thousands of people and uh, happened 20 minutes from my apartment um, when I was living alone. And so obviously I had people checking on me then and I was not at that concert. I certainly... Certainly wasn't in the in the middle of the trauma there, but I was living in Vegas and, you know, had people who knew people and things like that. Like, it was a, a huge, huge thing that um, deeply affected everybody in Vegas, and uh, moving on from it just felt wrong and strange and... Uh, also, like, we didn't have another choice. I I don't know. Um, that was the second time. <laughs> and then the third time was on Monday. The third time was on Monday. Um, when I was at work and a couple of my coworkers and I, it was, it was just three of us there, um, we got a shelter-in-place order issued by the Boulder police while... Um, things were going on, so we locked ourselves, we had to lock ourselves in the office and kind of waited out for a while and, um, you know, until we felt safe enough to, to walk to a car and then carpooled, got everybody to their respective cars, but yeah, there was, you know, a little while on Monday where I was locked in my place of work knowing that an active shooter was close by. Um, and so this is the third time that I have had to assure the people that love me that I am alive and safe. And I think it's pretty fucked up that we live in a society where I have to tell people that love me that I'm alive and safe every couple of years. Um, I think well, I've, I've seen on social media and in real conversations um, since, since the horrible events of Monday, um, I've seen a lot of passion and that does give me hope. Um, the, the passion that people feel in the wake of horrible events is the fuel that pushes us forward. And that is the only direction we can go in. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it is desperate, but it is what we have. It is what we are given the the only place to go is onward um so i have been impressed with the amount of passion and compassion that i have seen from people in and around boulder or just people that everybody not just people that live in boulder everybody um But I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't. And I, I haven't... I 
haven't had the security of witnessing someone who does yet. I think that, um, you know, it's a huge, huge, important conversation that has to do with mental health and gun control and racial injustice and privilege and police reform and policy changes and, 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 and uh, it would be so nice if someone could just stand up on a boulder and be like, I have a plan. <laughs> this is how we get to where we want to be, which is a place of progressive, a progressive society of community-minded, loving, supportive people who are free and happy. That is what we all want. That is, is what we all want. I know so many different kinds of people, and that is what we all want. But we have different plans. We have different roadmaps about how to get there, and we spend our time fighting over whose plan is right instead of instead of taking solace in the fact that we are headed in the same direction. We are dreaming of the same destination. And I have just friends on all sides of, I don't, I don't even want to call it an argument because I don't even know if that's the appropriate way to talk about it. I, I just, I have seen and read and sat with and learned a lot since the events on Monday. And I'm not an inkling closer to having a plan or an idea or a way to fix, <laughs> a way to fix this fucked up place that we have found ourselves in as Americans in 2021. So, I think I've been feeling a little hopeless for a little too long. And I, I've shared that. I've, um, I've made a commitment to myself to be honest about the state that I'm in with people, and that's in person and on social media and wherever. Um, you know, when someone asks me how I'm doing anymore, I don't say, oh, I'm fine, just automatically because that's what we have been trained to do and that's what we are expected to say. Uh, when someone asks me how I'm doing, I say, well, today was hard, but maybe tomorrow will be better. Or, you know, I, I give a more honest answer that, um, that serves me better and gives me permission to not be okay all the time. And and I'm not okay. I haven't been okay for a couple of months. I have been really hard on myself and negatively spiraling about my productivity and worrying about roommates and finances and doctor's appointments. And, and then if I want to escape what's going on inside and peek out into the world, I see... I see... <sighs> the hopeful end of a pandemic without any real concrete evidence that that's coming. There's no 
nobody's given me a date yet where this is, is going to be, where this collective nightmare is going to be over. And I think that it will be at some point this year, probably. And that's, that's as good as I can do for myself on that one. So with no true end in sight to pandemic life and shootings happening down the street from my place of work, uh, looking out into the world to escape the the storms going on inside isn't helping. <laughs> so I can't look outward. I can't look inward. Uh, that That's where I'm at. <laughs> that is honestly where I'm at. And I will be okay. <laughs> I will be okay. Everything will be okay because everything changes. That is the one thing that we really have to learn uh, is, is that everything changes. I think that I say, I think in every single podcast episode I have said, well, that is the single most important thing we can do is blank. And I, and I have a different answer for that in every podcast episode. But I think that the, today I feel like the single most important thing we can do is understand and accept that everything is, that everything is temporary. Um, because it's true and and it's sometimes sad and it's sometimes very hopeful and I am slowly returning to that place of hope of this too shall pass (laughs) and six months from now my life is going to look very different than it looks today and I just I hope that I don't spend too much time worrying about today that or tomorrow Um, that I forget myself in the, in the darkness of it all. And this, oh, okay. Um, so this has been half an hour now of me whining into a microphone. Um, that is actually another point that I want to make real quick. Um, or maybe not so quick. I can, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Another another thing that I have been contemplating about lately is feeling ungrateful. So I gratitude has has truly been a, a pillar of my life and my personality and my philosophy. Um, being grateful for where I'm from and who I am and who my family is and who my friends are and the amount of privilege that I've had and my cat and my comfy pillows and the candle that's in front of me. Like those things are, are not to be underestimated and they're not to be taken for granted. And the the things that are given to us are often so easily taken for granted and, and gratitude has um, taught me a lot and, it will always be something that I cling on to. That being said, I think that right now in society, and I'm going to go ahead and make an umbrella statement, but I obviously know there are exceptions to every sort of statement like this. I think it is primarily women who feel this way. Um, 
And that is, oh, I shouldn't complain because I should be grateful. I shouldn't spend my Saturday afternoon complaining into a microphone about the fact that I've had doctor's appointments and roommates to choose from. I should feel so grateful that I have spent my entire life having health insurance and that I live in a country where I can receive medical attention and I have the technology of the times to find a new roommate and I should be putting this positive spin on everything and some people have it so much worse. Okay, that is a fair point, but there is a fine line between recognizing recognizing what you should be grateful for and making yourself feel worse when you already feel bad. So it's okay that I decided to sit down today and be honest about where I'm at. And it's okay that that isn't this super hopeful, optimistic, positive person that I feel like I usually am. Because the Tess who showed up today to record this is just as important and is just as valuable as the Tess that I know I will fall back into soon. (laughs) So if there is something in your life that you are feeling like you need to, you know, write in your journal about or talk to a friend about or that you need to handle you need to help yourself through, and you are playing the game of, oh, but this isn't a big deal. Some people have it so much worse. What do I have to complain about? I should be grateful. I hope you let that go. I hope you let that go, and you share what you need to share, or you process what you need to process, or you sit with what you need to sit with, and you can fully be present with yourself with what you need and move through it instead of sweeping it under the rug and letting it letting it tug on you um while you pretend everything is fine it is always okay to not be okay and it is always okay to take care of yourself and to take that seriously. And I think I wanted to do that today with you. (laughs) Um, So thank you. Thank you for being here. I know this is different than what Tess talks and sometimes listens normally does. Um, But that Tess will be back. (laughs) I know. I I can already feel her creeping in. Um, she will be back and I will have another incredible guest on the next episode and for this episode I just want to say thank you for being here for being you for letting me be me however that is and today I think I have done that just about as honestly as I can I don't have miraculous solutions for you about the state of the world or how to 
fix or handle the internal anxiety and stress of personal adult lives. Um, but I do know that we don't have to do it alone. All right. I am signing off.